What's up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show, Aftershocks TV, and Heavy Metal Television. And I am now on Cameo. That's right. If you need a message sent to somebody, maybe it's happy birthday. Maybe it's get out of here. Hit the street. You're fired. I don't care what it is. Firing a girlfriend, firing a boyfriend, firing an employee, wishing them well. Whatever it is, I'm on Cameo. I'm here to deliver the message. I'll do it in my unique way so you can imagine it'll have some profanity in it and it'll be a little bit filthy but that's okay because that's probably what you guys want from me anyway so check me out cameo.com slash chris aiken again cameo.com slash chris aiken book me and i will deliver whatever message it is that you need delivered and it's cheap so go do it all right later Uh, straight ahead music uh, break in your face rock and roll man <laughs> yeah man bring in the rock <laughs> exactly as ron yeah. keel would say <laughs> bring in the rock <laughs> and rock and the roll <laughs> exactly so how is uh how is uh ron's show going his streets of rock and roll and all that i have you checked that out recently at I, all? I guess it's going fine i mean he's 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 really focused on getting the radio station up and running and um I know he was on trunk this week promoting um promoting his um the station and rfk me rfk right ron fucking keel rfk media and all his other is that what that stands for yeah rfk stands for ron fucking keel i think so yeah okay well the r and the k is ron keel well, his middle name is frank or fred or something <laughs> okay but i'm pretty sure that it's um ron fucking keel media okay that's a guess but you know now tell <laughs> tell me how this all ties into uh the, the uncontrolled noise i mean how what is how does the relationship there work is it is uncontrolled noise rebranded or yes it's rebranded it's rebranded as as rfk media or rfk radio now now what is it about the uncontrolled noise platform that that uh, Corey put together that was attractive to ron to where he decided to incorporate with that as opposed to just like starting something fresh ease I, i'm guessing i don't know i i honestly i I sat in on a meeting on a meeting with them and, um, it, it kind of was like already decided by the time I was brought into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just was like, okay, cool. And, you know, I, I think this is me guessing at this point, cause I don't know for sure, but, um, I think what works for Ron is that the station is built and running. I think what works for Corey is that Ron is such a fucking hustler that, um, it will, you know, it'll, it'll automatically get sponsorship and stuff. The combination of him being a hustler and him being known in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so far that has proven to be very true. Okay. And, you know, I mean, Ron, Ron has already brought in the Joe Elliott show and he's bringing, 
uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say if it's been announced or not, but I'll say it, whatever. Allegedly might be bringing Trunk Show onto the platform. And, um, um, you know, obviously our show and Red show, and um, he's got a couple of things working with a couple of different shows. So Ron, Ron is already out there hustling and finding sponsorships and getting sponsors and, you know, turning it into a, a profitable business. So okay. that's what I think the partnership is about. Again, that could all be bullshit and it might just be that they're buds and they like working with each other. I don't know, but all right. Well, fair enough. I, I was just curious about that. I, I mean, all I got to say is whatever they're paying trunk, they better pay us double. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Not that Ron, not that Ron or Corey would ever tell us what to say, but I don't even want to put that option on the table to ruin I, I, friendships. <laughs> of course, I'm being funny, but I know, uh, I know. Yeah, we we were the stalwarts, man. I've heard the number, and I won't t I won't say it on the air, but I'll All tell right. you, it's really, right. it's really not. Well, I mean, crazy. It's just a rebroadcast thing, so like, I mean, really, what is that? bring to the to the interest because you can get it anywhere yeah that's it that's it oh that's not bad i mean that's for for ron and for Corey. that's smart yeah i guess yeah but but again something like that that's that's so easily accessible from other avenues it's not like they're looking to bring that to you know like you go to draw people over because of that I mean, I'm sure some, there is something to that, but what I'm trying to say is that it's accessible in other platforms that yeah. people would go there because it's already been there for so long that that's what they're used to is what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I think that what Ron and Corey are trying to do though, is build the whole, this is what I listen to all day long platform mm -hmm. instead of, instead of people going to YouTube to find a clip about Queens Riker or whatever, you know, it's just turn it on and listen to listen to streets of rock and roll. And then, you know, Joe Elliott show, then maybe the trunk show, you know, just have it flow through their day and right. become their, you know, their classic rock station. Yeah, they're, they're, they're total listening all day long. You just yeah. turn it on and it's just playing mm -hmm. the total experience. So mm -hmm. I think that's what they're going for, but you know, sure. it's, um, Hey, more power to them. You know, I'm all, I'm game. Well, I mean, Corey, obviously uh, a veteran in the business. He's been doing this as long as we have. Yeah. He's been you doing know, it forever. Yeah. He's been doing it a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I just, again, I just kind of reminiscing back today, just kind of thinking about all the things. Remember how many online stations there used to be? Dude, we were, on, we were on all of them, I think. <laughs> everybody and their brother had an online station. Everybody was screaming and everybody was doing, you know, that is until the uh, royalty thing kicked in and caught up with everybody. And that's like, yeah. yeah, I can't afford that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, how many stations were we on? Oh man. At least, at least 10 or 12. I mean, there was, there was wicked brew. There was the loudest rock. There was Stickman Stick radio. radio, United rock, pure United. rock radio, yeah. uncontrolled noise. Uh, mega uh, rock radio mega rock radio out of st louis yeah i, I mean, mean there were tons of them our own cms yeah. radio yeah, we had our own yeah we still do kind of well we do <laughs> but we don't play the music anymore i used to right. pay the royalty 
just a flat rate. Yeah, exactly. You know, to, to play the music and stuff, but you know, we had to cut that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that, but it it weaned everybody out, and now there's just more or less some notable stations out there, I guess. Yeah, that's well, a different time, man. I mean, it's radio itself is a different animal now. It's there's just not people that are just listening to you know endless songs that they don't know. Yeah, you know what the other thing is is that uh, I, I still get these. You know, in my email box, I still get these deals from Sirius XM saying, oh, you we could sign you up for five dollars, blah, blah, mm. blah. Like, is anybody listening to Sirius radio? I don't think. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, you might get that in your new car if you buy a new car and mm-hmm. they have it already in there and you get like a free year subscription when mm. you buy your brand new car. But it, I can't, I can't even imagine what is the content on uh, satellite radio that anybody would be interested in getting that. Well, I don't think that the, it's the, I don't think that it's better or worse. It's just comfortable. Dude, honestly, it's just, it's just, it comes out of my credit card and that's it. And I don't think about it. And I like hair metal so I can get the fucking, you know, whatever the hair metal channel is hair nation. Yeah, but I can get it even in my car. When they have the free, the free subscription, like they usually do it, like on a Memorial day weekend or labor day weekend, that it's all free Yeah, and and I'll tune in and listen. They're playing the same, same rotation of songs, uh, within like six hours, dude, but it's the same. It's the same that we've talked about this a million times. It's the fucking casino guys that don't realize that, you know, the guys on stage aren't really rat. (laughs) You know, they're, they're just, they're, they want to hear living after midnight. They want to hear round and round. They want to yeah. hear, uh, love walks in from Van Halen. They want the comfortable. Yeah. I know that song, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll just sit back and, and listen to it. They're, uh, they're literally the classic rock people that just don't want to listen to fucking pink Floyd. Yeah. Well, I get it. But, but the thing is, is the rotation is what I'm talking about is that yeah. they, they have a, for for satellite radio being what it is or what the potential it could be mm-hmm. to to have the same rotation repeat after maybe six to eight hours, it's just unbelievable. It's just like you have your catalog doesn't go any deeper than that. That's it, dude. I hate to tell you, but people, regular fans don't want it deeper. Uh. Regular fans don't want to hear a song by Rat like "Got Me on the Line." They have no recollection that that's even a song. <laughs> they don't know that song. They don't know it. They know yeah. lack of communication, slip, slip, slip of the lip, uh, way cool junior dance. Yeah. And even that's a stretch dance. Mm-hmm. That's a stretch for rat. They want just the biggest ones, you know, um, lay it down. They don't really want, you know, shame. They don't want shame, shame, shame. They don't want, um, city to city. No, they don't want any of that shit, <laughs> you know, from docking. They don't want, you know, uh, bullets to spare. Yeah. They want a loan again. They want, um, just got lucky. Uh, it's not love. It's not love. They don't even want lightning strikes again. They're like, what is that? Yeah. That's crap. Bring me, bring me back. What's familiar to me. Yeah. Let me hear the hunter. Yeah, even that's probably too obscure. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you heard the hunter on one of them stations? They don't dude, I'm they go as surface level as they could possibly go. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it's it sucks for for guys like us. It sucks. But again, I think for guys like us, we're expected to have already bought the record. So why would we listen to this shit anyway? Yeah, but but my uh, and the other thing is is you know you got you got Spotify out there that you could select your own tunes or put yep. even put your own playlist together if you want to hear a repeat of the same songs. You know, you assume people aren't lazy. <laughs> They're immensely lazy. I guess it's, a, I guess it's inconceivable to me that, that people just would spend money to, to buy satellite radio to do what you get. There's nothing unique about it. The, oh. the programming is awful. You don't have any real stellar shows anymore. No, you but, know? but it's, but it's more options than they have. I guess. It's it's easy to go if you want to hear classic rock, you can hear ten stations of classic well, but, rock. But this goes back to what we were just talking about about this new this new RFK media with the mm -hmm. corporation of of uh, uncontrolled noise. You can listen to uncontrolled noise or RFK. What what do they call the radio station now? RFK Radio. Okay, RFK, okay so you could play that in your car. Yeah, and it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, but you have to convince people of that, dude. That's the whole thing. You have to look. Look, and I'm not shitting on it. I, I certainly want to see it work because it gives us a platform. But, of course. But let's just be honest. People are dumb. Dumb as two stumps. <laughs> you know, they're, they're fucking stupid. They can't figure out how to fucking Bluetooth from their phone to their car. There's, yeah. there's more people that cannot figure. There's more people that listen to our show that can't figure out how to Bluetooth to their car than there are that know how to do it. Wow. And it's not hard. You know, I mean, you can literally pull up a YouTube video on your phone, look up the name of your car and the year, and it'll tell you, push this, click that. Yeah. Well, like, you know? like, like on my, my, uh, 2018 Camaro, I, mm -hmm. I plug in through the, uh, USB mm -hmm. because, because that brings up the Apple CarPlay. Sure. And then I have full control of everything that's on my phone, whether it's texting, like, you know, like you'll text mm -hmm. me while I'm driving and I just, I just voice text you back, Sure. you know, or I can play O and a clips off of YouTube, or I could do, if I need some directions or something on navigation or whatever, mm -hmm. I got it all at my fingertips, you know, Yeah, but, but that, but you're, you're tech solid. <laughs> I wouldn't even call you like tech advanced. You're tech solid. Yeah. Most people are tech stupid. Mm. Most people, most people are tech dumb. They don't use apps. They don't use, um, they don't know anything about their phone. They don't, most people that have, they think that they're advanced. If they can go to fucking Facebook and their email on their phone, they're <laughs> like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. I, I use, I use my Apple play in my car mm -hmm. for everything. Because it's just, you know, when I'm driving, I, I listen to various programming. If I want Spotify music, I listen to Spotify. If I want to uh, listen to some old, like I said, O&A clips, I listen to that. If I want to listen back to an archive show, I use the, the CMS app. You know, if I want to listen to RFK media or what was uncontrolled noise, I just use the CMS app. Yeah. You know, I just pull up the app and it starts playing in my car. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, when I get in my car, the first thing that happens before I'll fucking throw it into reverse to get out of my driveway, it's got to sync with my phone. Mm -hmm. See, I, I don't, I, don't I, even need to do that. I just have my USB plug and yeah. I just plug it in and it just populates my, 
uh, Apple Play on my screen, yeah. and I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, I don't think I have a USB in my car. I think I just have have Bluetooth, but dude, it's just part of my getting into the car. I get in the car, I turn it on, I fucking fuck with my phone a little bit to get it into the little cradle, you know, and then by that point it syncs up and then it asks me what I want to play. And it's like, all right. And then I just tell it, okay, play the latest podcast from blah, blah, blah. Right. Whoever. And I just say it and it plays it. And then it's like, okay, now I'm driving, mm -hmm. you know, but most people don't get it. Most people will never get that dude. They, most people will have that capability on their fucking phone. And they'll still have a bag of CDs in their car. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is you did such a fantastic job in building that CMS app, which by the way, where could people get that if they don't have um, it already? iOS store, Android store, and you know, wherever. Yeah. You, you did such a fantastic job and you just go over to the stations and you can pick whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I mean, the music's there, the videos are there, everything's there. You know, that was kind of the whole, the whole thought was to just put it, put it all in one place and keep mm -hmm. you into the CMS universe a little bit, I guess. But so, so if I wanted to, uh, you know, if I wanted to listen to, um, um, serious satellite radio, uh, what is that? What is the hair, hair nation? Mm -hmm. I, I, I just should go to the CMS app and play uncontrolled noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or hairball John. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, you got those two options. If you want heavier stuff, you can go to crash course. If you want just us rambling about whatever the fuck, then you've got that option. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all there. Yep. So, so we'll get the app folks. It's free and you don't have to buy satellite radio just to listen to garbage. That's right. <laughs> you listen to garbage right here with us. <laughs> Dude, speaking of garbage, I'm going to yes. bring this up real quick before we get into anything. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on cameo. Yes. And I got this cameo this week that I wanted to share with the show. The cameo has been pretty fun, actually. I'm not going to lie and say that it's, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect when, when I jumped on it. And I haven't done a bunch, I've done a few. And as I, as I've said before, I'm not going to do the Eddie trunk thing. Like, Hey, Bill, happy birthday. Thanks for giving me your money and out, you know, like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I try to do really longer form. I try to be funny. I try to make it worth their, I think my, my cameo is 10 bucks. I think it's 10 bucks for a cameo. So, you know, I get some pretty silly requests as you can right. imagine. <laughs> right. So I'll, I'm going to read you the cameo request that I got this week. Where is it here? So I get this cameo. It is from Dave muse m-u-i-s-e mm -hmm. and he he said um about the recipient it says in china they call me fong young ping which means guardian of the potato okay fong young ping fong young ping and it says the occasion just for fun and it says instructions tell the world how you're the greatest flock of seagulls fan in fact, wear your hair in that infamous 80s hairstyle. Well, I'll show you the video, and I will tell you up front, I did not wear my hair in the 80s. I, I, I can imagine how you could possibly do that with your it's, hair. It's way too long. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. You know, it, it would look more like fucking Sam, Sam Hain or the Misfits, <laughs> you know, for me with the long, long hair. I, I right. couldn't do it. But I can certainly do 
certainly do the um, the um, what call it the the selling myself as the um, a, as a fan of the of the flock of seagulls. So we'll stop this thing along. This is four minutes long talking about my love of flock of seagulls. All right. <laughs> so there's some good there's some good one liners here. So check is this that, out. Is that the MTV video thing behind you? Uh, that would be the um, background cover. There, that would be the cover of the uh, Flock of Seagulls self-titled album. Okay, Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed those. Yeah. <laughs> I Look, I, I wasn't gonna give. I wasn't gonna rip him off. I had to do it right. Oh, he's got the that green screen comes in handy. It sure does. So check this out. This is me selling my love for the Flock of Seagulls. Okay. Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show, and you might think from hearing that I am the host of the classic metal show that my love of music all stems from eighties metal music and goddamn, would you be wrong? When I think of the eighties, I think of all the great bands of the time, you know, uh, men without hats. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's so many great ones. Frankie goes to Hollywood, human league men at work. I mean, all the true greats, but there was one band, one, that stood above all the others in the 80s. Of course, I am talking about a flock of seagulls, and I am certainly glad to proudly announce that I am the greatest flock of seagulls fan that has ever existed. And I mean, how could you not be a fan of a flock of seagulls? I mean, they were they were just so tremendous. I mean, Mike Score and Paul Reynolds and Ali Score, and the blazing bass guitar work of Frank Maudsley. I mean, this was a band that was like no other. When they came out, I mean, everybody remembers the song I ran. I ran so far away. Everybody remembers that song. And that's fine. It was good for the radio or whatever. But it built a legacy which still lives today. You know, when I th when I think of AFOS, or and that's what us, us common great fans call them, a flock of seagulls were, they were just so much better than everybody else. In fact, in the 80s, when AFOS was on the top of the world, I formed the first ever fan club for Flock of Seagulls. It was called AGOG, A-G-O-G-G, which stood for a gaggle of gay gentlemen, which of course was <laughs> just a tribute to the greatness of a flock. Come on, this is good, right? <laughs> a gaggle of great gentlemen? Gay gentlemen. <laughs> A gaggle of gay gentlemen. Wow. <laughs> Come on, this is good. I, I was having fun with this. Of course you were. You're talking about it as if it was a real passion. Yeah, it really sounds like I'm a fan, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It, it, the fact that you named the people in Flock of Seagulls and you're gone, never heard of these guys. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of a Frank of Maudsley. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> All right, here's some more. Flock of Seagulls. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I must have played that self-titled album 10,000 times within the first two weeks that I had it. It just stayed on play nonstop. I mean, songs like Telecommunication or You Can't Run, of course, the big hit single Space Age Love Song. I mean, these were 
absolute classic songs. And I remember back in that day before I grew my hair long, you know, I used to wear my hair that way, pushed down in the front and wings, you know, because it just showed the coolness that I had by being associated with a flock of seagulls. And they went on to have so many great albums. Listen in 83, A Story of a Young Heart. And I don't know how many people know it, but Mike Score is still out there today touring. He's out there bringing the greatness to the masses. And I mean, these are sold out arena sized rooms. I mean, maybe, maybe not quite arena sized, maybe the size of a small bedroom, but still big rooms. <laughs> you know, maybe the size of a small bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I think about that uh, video that we played a, a while back of Mike Score out there. Yeah. And yeah. he, he doesn't even look, look anything like he did. He no. just, he looks like uncle Fester with the big bald head and, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just funny. This, this is just fun. I, I had so much fun doing this and I did it in like two minutes. I didn't really research anything. I just pulled up their page to get the names of the people. Yeah. And that so was you it. Did, so you did a four minute video in two minutes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I spent like two minutes getting ready for it. I'll say. <laughs> which was just finding the album art and finding sure. the names of the people. But right. All right, let's finish this up. Filled to see a flock of seagulls. They were a great band. They're still a great band. In fact, I'll just say it. They are the greatest band that has ever, ever existed. A flock of seagulls. They were just tremendous. And I hope, I hope for Dave, you know, I hope he certainly digs them as much as I did, you know, I don't know how many people know this about Dave, but he was known as Feng Yingping in uh, China, which of course stands for Guardian of the Potato. Should have been named something like Feng Yong Flock to be the Guardian of the Flock of Seagulls, because that was the only band that mattered. So, <laughs> Dave, thanks for uh, requesting me here on Cameo. I certainly had no problem selling my absolute love for the band of Flock of Seagulls, and I hope you're doing it too, because if we don't keep the music alive, it will just be buried by these inferior bands, these Metallicas of the world, or U2s, or whatever, Springsteen people start remembering them and they start forgetting the true greatness that of course of AFOS, a flock of seagulls. There you go. <laughs> well, that could have been a Chris Aiken presents. Yeah, it really could have been, <laughs> <laughs> but there you have it. Me selling a flock of seagulls <laughs> yeah, Good on you. And you earned every dime of that $10. Yeah, I got my 10. They got their $10 worth. I got my, 750 or whatever i get from cameo out worth out of it so so what does cameo take 30 percent or something 25 25 percent yeah i've thought about just setting it up myself and just doing you know because i don't really need cameo but it is a bigger platform so yeah and it did at least you end up in their their what do you want to call it their, their uh, rotation or whatever their, their, their index or whatever yeah i mean and, and look makes it look like i'm important i guess <laughs> funny you know but yeah so that was that was this week's a flock of seagulls nice I'll look at you all right well uh moving along here all right uh last night you sent me a link or yes you know, mentioned to me that there's a a short uh series on netflix something a new short series with a docu-series it's four episodes and uh the name of it was called bad vegan that's right 
And, uh, so after when, you know, once you sent me that, uh, the, you know, the link, well, not the link, but just, just said Netflix, bad vegan. I yeah. I didn't even tell you anything. I just said, just said so, here so I was just, I was just wrapping up watching something else. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get a drink and I'm going to flip over and watch this now. Right. And, uh, again, yeah, this goes back to something we, you talked about in the first hour about how easily are people scammed? Oh, ridiculous. Well, what it boils down to is, is a entrepreneur gal. How old would you say she was? This, this, this all took place like over the last 10 years. This was way back in like 2010, yeah. right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, what was she like 32? I think they said when this happened. Okay. So she was, you know, she was, uh, out of her twenties, Yeah, you know, but, uh, she had something going on where she got involved with a, uh, a vegan style restaurant and was able to build a brand with a, uh, up and coming chef, a guy mm -hmm. that, you know, chef kind of guy. And, you know, as, as, uh, things go with the reality TV and stuff, these cooking shows or these chef shows got to be pretty popular and, and some people, you know, made their claim to fame by, um, appearing on these shows and, right. you know, making a splash in the culinary arts, um, industry sure. and she, she latched on to one of these guys and together they built up a, a restaurant in New York city uh that featured this guy yeah and uh you know things kind of got a little um you know the little a little bit of tension between she and the chef and uh basically the chef ended up getting the boot yeah they booted him out and just kept on going without him but uh she was kind of a dynamic personality what what is her name sienna or was it sharma sharma it Sharma or something like that. What was her yeah, name? Sharma. Yeah. Bad vegan. Forget what her name is. It is Sarma. Sarma uh, Melganus. Sarma yeah. Melganus. Sarma. But anyway, attractive girl. Um, you know, was was get you know uh, getting the um attention of Hollywood elite type people. You know along with uh, the social media people twittering about their experience at this at the at, what was her name what was it called the, something in wine pure food and wine yeah pure food and wine was the restaurant in new right. york and it was kind of a boutique place and mm -hmm. it caught the attention of uh you know celebrities would yeah. go there and they would talk about their experience at this uh you know, at this restaurant and, you know, as, as soon as celebrities start endorsing a restaurant, everybody wants to go there. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, well, if Alec Baldwin said it was good. It must be good. Right. You know, so let's go there. And, and she, you know, granted she worked it and, you know, was there and she became a presence and she sort of became the brand, the face of the brand mm -hmm. and became recognizable. Yeah. Now here's the thing that, uh, she really lucked out on the guy that, that owned the restaurant. Uh, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that this restaurant, when she took it over, it was $2 million in debt. 
Why couldn't you believe that? Well, my, the, the thing is, is when you're that far in debt, especially in such a small, you know, restaurant, and, and this, is, this goes back to the expense of living in New York city, mm-hmm. but, but $2 million, most people in any other part of the world, they would go, I got to throw in the towel and file bankruptcy, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but this, this financier guy who owned this restaurant uh, and you know, invested in it, $2 million apparently to him was not just a drop in the bucket meant nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and because of this girl being what she is, you know, when, when she's all dolled up, I mean, she's, she's an attractive girl, but when she's all dolled up, she's kind of a sharp looking chick. Yeah, sure. This, this guy sells her the restaurant just for the debt. So, right. you know, I'll sell you the restaurant. No cash is exchanged here. It's just like the restaurant's $2 million in debt. The debt is yours as well as the restaurant. Yeah. So now you're going to have to pay me off. Well, here's the difference between a normal person who has debt on a, on a business and this girl, okay. the guy, the guy was not pressing her to make monthly payments. Right. He would just take money whenever she had it to give him. So she yeah. was she wasn't under the gun like oh my god I got to cover my monthly nut this this month and pay pay this debt service. It's just like well I got twenty thousand this month here's twenty thousand against that debt here's you know here's a hundred thousand against that debt. Yeah, so he was the, being remarkably cool, really. He was he was, and that's the whole thing. That's the different the, the the she lucked out getting a deal like that to where he wasn't hounding her at the end of the month to be paid X amount of dollars. Right. He let her take that restaurant over, work it, make it, try to make it successful and whatever she could possibly pay him. He would just accept it, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't, he wasn't at her door every month knocking on the door. Hey, where's my hundred thousand debt service? Right. You know? So, that was a lucky break for her as far as a, as far as a business owner is concerned. Sure. She had a restaurant that was established. It was up and running. It it started getting some, um, traction as far as social media and getting some attention from the celebrity crowd and so on and so forth. And, uh, had she stayed that course and not got all wonky with this goofy dude, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure she probably would have been a multi multi-millionaire with numerous uh franchise restaurants oh, yeah. or, or other locations around the world because they other people were courting her to mm. bring her brand to other parts of the world. Yeah, she 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 had it all and just blew it. <laughs> yeah. So the story goes and and here's the question and mm-hmm. and maybe you know this answer, maybe I missed something here. Mhm. Alec Baldwin played somewhat of a role in this, uh, in the beginning of her meeting the dude that basically scammed her. Yeah. This guy, how how do you think he got Alec Baldwin's attention via the social media, the Twitter or whatever they're touring back and forth, like they're friends and they, they're like familiar with each other. What what do you think the connection was there? Dude, those celebrities glom onto anybody that's getting attention, you know, celebrity, the, the celebrity need 
for fame and to be into the hip society or whatever is how that guy got in. That guy had a shit ton of followers. What they say, he had like 50 or 60,000 followers and they were, a lot of them were famous people. You know, he was kind of like influencer guy, sort of. Yeah. But what was his claim to fame? Same as Kim Kardashian famous for being famous, but the, the, the guy that scammed her, I, 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 I didn't fully understand it either. I mean, it, it could be as simple as this guy just even just messaged through a meme that Alec Baldwin liked and he's threw him a date. Thanks, Alec. I love you in movies. And then they started chatting. I don't know. Yeah. That see that, that part, I didn't quite grasp. Like what is it that this guy did to get Alec Baldwin's attention and make it, make it seem as if they were friends in some regard to where she was convinced that, well, if he's a friend of Alec, uh, he must be a good dude or something or, yeah, I don't know. you know, they that, weren't that, clear on that. That, that was the whole weird thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were not clear at all on that. Mm -hmm. So this chick single girl, supposedly lonely boy, she had an obsession with that dog. Yeah, that was, you know, she probably licked his balls or something. Yes, but. <laughs> well, she had a dog and, you know, the way that they played up this thing is that this girl didn't, she worked, she was a workaholic and her main concern was this restaurant and launching another brand of, of what did they call it? Lucky Duck. One was Lucky Duck. One Lucky Duck. Uh, like a convenience yeah. store or something. Yeah. Well, it was like a Whole Foods type store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was launching another branch of another uh, franchise, you know, based on vegan food and natural stuff and all that. And, you know, she, she was working that angle. She was getting some traction and getting some attention and people were paying attention to her and she probably would have done really well, but then she gets hooked up with this guy mm -hmm. and, uh, this guy scams her into believing he's like some kind of a mysterious black ops guy. <laughs> she, for as smart as she was at business was a moron everywhere else. Yeah. When it came to just social etiquette or just, well, or, or street smarts, the combat and, and she made this point. So it's not me just railing against her, but I'm going to take her point and say, she's a hundred percent, right? One, she was terribly stupid with this guy. Yeah, of course. But the other part was she made the point that all vegans are kind of stupid when it comes to reality. And, and she was so right about it. when, when they were talking about that, this guy, let's be clear about what she saw in this guy. Mm -hmm. One, he was allegedly black ops guy, mm -hmm. but two, he also had some kind of mystical power that was convincing her that she could give her dog eternal life. Well, th this guy convinced her that he was not of this earth. Yes. That, that he was of some higher being. Yes. And that he could help her transition into being a higher being as well. Right. And she bought this bullshit. <laughs> it, it was a, it was very cult like in what he did to convince her of this. It, yeah. it was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not of this earth or, you know, I I've traveled through time and I'm here now and you're the one I've been searching for, for 
eons and now I'm here and now you're here and I'm taking you as my queen. <laughs> it was so, and, and what was it? They, they in previous life had all been together and they were husband and wife in a previous life and the dog had had a previous life. And I, yep. I mean, it was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then again, just like, just like the uh, Tinder swindler, mm -hmm. he was able to lead her to believe that he was a man of means that he yeah. was very wealthy. Yeah. That he had millions and millions of dollars of cash and houses and properties and, you know, had diamonds, <laughs> just, just owned tons of shit. Yeah. Well, he must've had some of it, but God knows where he got it from. Well, I think what he did was exactly like the Tinder swindler had a few people that he, he had a few people that were believing his line of bullshit and he was tapping into other people. Well, right. it was just like that other, that what was he like Polish or Russian or th that other guy, that other guy gave him like a hundred thousand in cash over time. He gave him like yeah. 35 grand the first time. And then he gave him additional money. And this is the question I have about when it came to her mother sending this guy money and her giving this guy money and these other guys, how these people, where do they get all this liquid currency? See, that's another thing I don't get, you know, that, you know, that's a lot of coin, man. It is a lot of coin. And, and it's, you know, they don't talk about, I, I don't know if they're getting, if they have like a IRA or a 401k or, but where did these people get all this liquid cash that they're just wiring all this money? I mean, they're yeah. sending 10,000, 14,000, 30,000 at a time. It's just like, where, where is all this liquid cash? These people have done well for themselves. If they got that kind of money just to be wiring to some guy mm -hmm. because he says he needs it. Yeah. I, I don't get it. And again, it's, it's, it's money that we can't relate to because we don't make that kind of money, but you know, in that world, I guess that's not a lot of money. It just, you know, if, if I've learned anything, it's that, that, 10, 20, $50,000 in, in those circles doesn't mean a lot. It's Apparently not, not. it's but, like me and you with $500. Yeah. You know, we, we might throw each other $500 here or there, but we ain't throwing 50,000. Yeah. But, but see, here's, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense. And this goes back to the Tindler swindler, as well as this, mm -hmm. these guys who are supposedly rich, you know, that, that play the rich part that they, they have. Yeah millions of dollars mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense how they ask them to send me money you know yeah, i'm know. Worth millions of dollars but you need to wire me fifty thousand dollars it's like right. you're rich why do you need fifty thousand from me well because we can't show transactions because i'm a black ops agent <laughs> but that is the weirdest goddamn thing that yeah. that that tinder swindler guy he was always in danger he right. was always in danger and had to buy his life from these dangerous people. If he got caught and he needed mm -hmm. these chicks to wire him money because he was in danger. Well, this guy's the same way. He was in danger all the time. He was going to get gutted or something. Was gonna right. happen to him. And you've got to send me your money. 
yeah. you know, wire me 30,000. I got to have it. Otherwise I'm dead by nightfall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I better do it then. <laughs> and they did. They all did. They're all dumb. They're just, all dumb. Just and and the fact that, you know, he not only did he have her on the hook and having her, you know, wire X amount of dollars to, to him. Once he got involved with her family, especially her mother, yeah. he was able to play her mother just the same way. Hey, I need uh, 20 grand today. Could you wire that before the end of the day? <laughs> you know. Yeah, no she's problem. Like, oh, okay, no problem. Let me do that. Yeah. So, so, but the, but the weird thing is, is when she was suspicious and, and here's the other thing. And I know it was that. Again, I, I can't remember what his nationality is, whether he was from Poland or the Ukraine or somewhere, but, but he, I, and I was wondering because they were playing all these phone call discussions, these, these, these voice uh, discussions. And I go, well, who had the presence of mind to record these conversations? Yeah. That was a whole other, she knew she was getting fucked and she did it anyway. Yeah. And she was recording the conversations. I, I just find that weird that. This story develops, but yet all this backup, it, 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 here's, and I, and I want to go back to something I said a while back. It seems like some people are preordained to have a documentary made about them because there is so many photos. There's so many recordings. There's so many this, that, and the other without all that backup media. Mm -hmm. There would be no story. Yeah. I mean, the story would be there, but it's more exciting because you actually get a peek into the actual photos or the videos or the recordings or this. How many recordings do you have of what oh. conversations just with people? Well, the only, the only thing, none, but the only thing I can think of, and this might be the case in this, in this person's case, seem like they used all the bullshit. Like it, it, it seemed like they weren't necessarily just using phones seemed like they were using like Skype or WhatsApp or you know, that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And that does leave a trace. So they might've like through subpoenas gotten their phone conversations or whatever, you know, from like Google or whatever, if they're yeah, using it, like it, Google meet or something, it, it's the weirdest thing. And here's the other thing that, that just grates on me. Mm-hmm. The constant photos of yourself. Oh yeah. The hundreds and hundreds of photos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody just goes around snapping photos of themselves all goddamn day long. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, they showed her walking down the street, holding a selfie stick while she was allegedly exercising. <laughs> she literally was walking down the street. Did you see the one she's walking down the street? She's in exercise gear and she had her arm out like this. Yeah. It was her holding a selfie stick so that she could videotape herself. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is they flashed so many of these selfies. Mm -hmm. It's just like, what do you do? Do you sit there taking pictures of yourself all day long? Well, here's me and the dog. Here's me laying in the bed. Here's me in the bathtub. Well, here's me in the car. Yeah. Here's sitting on a park bench. Well, here's me sitting at a table at the restaurant. Well, here's me with me and whatever the fuck that guy's name was. Well, here's me. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, dude, that's what they do. That's, that's why they're influencers. Yeah, I know. But, but, 
the average the average person on some, some stupid Facebook, they do the same thing all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. They do see that. It's just the culture now. Uh, it, You're it, surprised by it because you uh, don't live that culture, but no, that is the culture. But the narcissism of that is just unbelievable. That that is, dude. You're literally just defining social media in a nutshell. <sighs> Narcissistic behavior. Oh man, because because you know, I was involved with someone a few years ago that they did that all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. The minute we got in the car, click. The minute we get out of the, uh, the minute we get out of the uh, car to go somewhere, click, click. So, mm-hmm. so that's. You know, Dude, I used to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you. I didn't, when I was real active on social media, I didn't go anywhere without taking a fucking picture. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was always taking pictures or fucking video or whatever. And now it's like, yeah, I really don't give a fuck who knows where I'm at. Yeah. You know, it's, but it, it's addictive. I mean, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm not, it's a fucking horrible behavior. And I'll be the first one to admit that I engaged in this horrible behavior. But it is addictive, man. It is, you know, I, I forget what they say. It's like the endorphins opening up or something when you get likes and, you know, so there's something about, hey, look where I am. I'm at the fucking Seven Dust concert. And then you get 10 likes or something in like 10 minutes and you're like, oh, look at that. Fucking people wish they were me. You know, it, it's a subconscious bullshit thing, but it it is true. You know, I mean, it is the great evil. It's the great evil. Yeah, I know. It, it it's just unbelievable. It's just 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 the fact that they were flashing through all these photos and it's just like when do you have time in your day to take so many pictures? Hmm. <laughs> I guess if you're holding a selfie stick in one hand and doing your job in the other, you got all day to do it. <laughs> it's just fucking bizarre, man. Yeah. But uh anyway, oh, and here's the other thing is when when she kind of was under the, you know, knew that this guy was taking her for money and how many times did she say to you just expect me to wire you money whenever you ask and he yeah. goes oh is that where we're at now that you're putting money over the value of money over uh our yeah. relationship <laughs> oh okay it's like yeah you're dra- you, she's like you're draining me dry dude yeah but of course she but then she would do it anyway yeah that's he- the problem it's not it's look you can't fault a fucking guy for using a chick or vice versa, a chick for using a dude. You can't fault them. You got to fault the one that's giving in. I agree. She, she knew she was getting fucked over. She I, absolutely knew it and kept doing it. Right. Well, here, here's the thing. He had such a persuasive way that whenever she questioned anything that he was asking her to do, mm-hmm. he he did the, the old trick that the Indians do. Start screaming and berating. Of course. You know, as soon as, as, soon as she even stepped out of line he would start screaming and berating her and and to the point to where he would just wear her down to where it's just like you know okay uncle you know i give in yeah well she dude she was a successful beta chick but she was a very beta chick she was a chick that you could probably push around easily Mm -hmm. you know and he did he just was like no you're gonna give me this fucking money no i'm not yes you are okay Okay. Don't yell at me. Don't hurt my feelings. Yeah. So, uh, so in the end, 
he uh, he drains her dry. The business goes belly up because she's and and here's the other thing: they leave they leave New York City. She she's the she's the one running the operation. Yeah, and and she just up and just uh, I'm out of here abandons the whole thing and they go what they went to europe they and, went to europe and then they went to what dolly world or somewhere well, well they they went to europe then they came back and then they went to las vegas and they were literally there for months yeah months and and what it really boiled down to is this guy was a gambler and mm -hmm. the, the, the crux of the story is is this guy not only was he a con artist but the reason he was a con artist was because he needed that money to gamble. Yeah. And, and he, he gambled millions of dollars away from everything that he took from her, everything he took from her mother, everything that he took from other people. It, it added up to millions of dollars and it was yeah. just all, for, it was all for the purpose of gambling. Yeah. And once again, Another guy that, you know, in the big scope of it was worth it. What do you do a year? <laughs> Hardly a year. Just like 10 months. Yeah, he did 10 months in a county jail. Yeah. So he wasn't well, doing real hard time. He did well, 10 months in county jail and, and probably stole $10 million. That's win-win to me. Yeah. If, if, if you could be locked up for a year and get and come out with 10 million, would you do it? I would. Well, yeah, I get. I guess if you knew ahead of time that that's what your score was going to be, but but he was just going to play that that card until time ran out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If if, if he could have found ten more million, he'd have kept right on screwing her over for it. Of course. But uh, but the gravy train finally came to an end, and it ended in a Fairfield uh, motel in Dollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, where, to where they ordered Domino's pizza and wings and yeah. they were tracking the credit card, uh, activity and knew exactly where they were hiding out per se as fugitives right. because, uh, people were after them for, you know, uh, fraud right. and, and things like that. And it, what a, what a fucking mess, man. It was a dude. I have so many thoughts on this fucking show. Number one even before we get into any of the fraud and any of the other stuff, this guy was a big fat guy. Yeah, he was, he was a fat guy. I, you know, at first when they showed pictures, I, they kept saying he was overweight and I was like, Hey, you don't look that overweight. I, I was thinking, you know, he might be a little paunchy or whatever. Sure. When they showed him at the end, he's a fat guy. Yeah, he was. And I'm, and I'm sitting here watching, watching this thing. And I'm like, how is this? real skin, real thin girl who, whose whole career is based on food, accepting fat guy. Yeah. How does that happen? That she's like accepting that fat guy is also secret agent guy. Fat guy was probably out of breath, three pumps into her <laughs> and fucking, and, and you're telling me that she didn't get suspicious that he's out there fighting the terrorists well well she did she did mention that this guy was overweight and stuff and that she was kind of turned off by him yeah but she still was banging him she was still banging him and giving him money he was a big fat tub of shit yeah and the reason the reason she even married this guy was under the false premise that he was going to give her a bunch of money yeah for for her 
you know, for her business purposes with, yeah. and the only way that, uh, they could do that, him giving her money without a big tax burden, mm-hmm. uh, was so that if married. They were married and they, yeah. she, so she married him under false pretenses, yeah, which I, I got, I got no sympathy for that because she's a gold digger. So fuck off. You're, you know, you, you dug your, you tried to dig for gold. Instead, you found pyrite or whatever that shit is called. You know, you found false gold, fool's gold. Right. But you know, that part, all that part was very weird to me. The other part that was weird to me was where was the dad to step in on the mom and say, what the fuck are you doing? That's the, that's it. They showed the dad he's alive. He's around. They didn't really explain how dad didn't see his own savings going fucking bye-bye. Because they were divorced. Oh, is that what it was? They were divorced. Yeah, his, his sister said her sister said that when she was little and they announced their divorce, she went in her room and hid under the covers for That's the whole right. day. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot they, about they, that. They'd been divorced for decades. So yeah, I forgot you know. that part, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I don't know. Just everything about this thing was bizarre. And here's the final part that I think is bizarre. She is ready to have this happen to her again yeah she'll let the same guy fuck her over well she talked to that guy after and he was wasn't and and wasn't hateful no it was just like i miss you i can make you laugh and you know i still love you and all this other shit and she was just being fun with him yeah it was like if that had happened to me there'd be no fun i'd be like hey where you at i want to show you my new gun <laughs> That would be, that would be the only thing that I would want to do. I wouldn't want to tell jokes with the guy. I wouldn't want to talk to the guy. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, is what, why was she even in contact with them? Well, that I think was for the documentary. hundred percent. That was whoever put the documentary together said, Hey, we got a phone number for this guy. Will you talk to him on camera? Guaranteed. That's what happened there. She wasn't just ramble. Just, Hey, let's catch up. That was put together by the documentary people had to be because why else would she do that? I don't know. That was bizarre. and recorded and they had video of her talking about it. That was yeah. totally set up for the documentary. Of course. And you know, of course the documentary, they mentioned that they reached out to him to make him part of it and he didn't want to, you know, comment. Yeah. So, so they went, they went the other route. They went to, just like he did. They went to the easier one and fucking said, Hey, do this for us. And she said, no, I don't want to do it. Hey, do it for us. Okay. You know, they probably bullied her into doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, she, it could happen to her again. You know, I, I really think the, the weird thing is she has a, she has an idea and she has whatever the concept of it, of it is. Like, I, I can't imagine that I would ever be into vegan food. But they showed that one guy that, that was like, I wish she'd get back in the business because that fucking vegan lasagna was the bomb. Yeah, but he goes, I'm not digging into my 401k for her, though. <laughs> yeah, but someone will. Yes, I, I understand. Somebody will say, okay, you went through a bad break. I'll take a shot at you for pennies on the dollar. Right. You know, somebody will be like, she has great ideas. I can make a lot of money on this. I'll give her a, a 90, 10, 90 to me deal. And she'll take it. She'll take it. She'll try to re rebuild it. 
I, I totally see that happening. Well, the thing is, is her, her credibility obviously is tarnished and ruined, you know, as far as that, you know, just going off the deep end, but mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that her, and, and I'm not defending her by saying this, but I'm sure she has the wherewithal to actually get back in and make something successful if she could stay mm -hmm. on the straight and narrow. Well, I, I think her, her, she's tarnished as a business leader. Right. I don't think she's tarnished as a restaurateur at all. I think if, if somebody else is just doing, is doing, um, is running the business and she's just in there making sure that the food and the imagery is right, you know, taking the pictures and posting the shit on Instagram, then, okay, there it is. You know, then I could see, I could see that being an avenue people would take. I agree. So, you know, she's going to pop back up somewhere aside from this documentary. Yeah. Oh, the documentary is going to help her get back on her feet. Right. Cause there's going to be somebody with a ton of money. That's going to see the opportunity and is going to be like, Oh, this poor girl, let's help her out. Let's give her a fresh, a fresh start. Right. So yeah, we'll see her again. Almost <laughs> certainly. Yep. So if you want to check out something that'll enrage you to the point where you're just like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fucking enraging. That's for sure. Yet yep. another dummy that got swindled. Yep. So anyway, check it out. It's called bad vegan. It's on Netflix right now. Yep. It's worth the watch. It is. It's, uh, the, the episodes are what? 45 minutes long. Yeah. Something like that. And you, yeah. you got to invest a few hours, three, four hours. Yeah. It's worth it. It is. I mean, they, it's well put together. That's one thing I got to give Netflix credit for is mm -hmm. that these little docu-series things that they do put out, they, they're pretty well done. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, they got to do something now that they're losing all of their content. That isn't original. They gotta, they gotta bust ass to do better content on their original content. Sure. But, but I, but I have, uh, noticed that, that my, uh, watching of Netflix has been pretty much centered around the docu series when they're available. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't, uh, I don't really watch that much. I watch old stuff that I can't watch anywhere else. Like basically trailer park boys. Cause I right. keep watching that over and over again and, um, documentaries and that's it every once in a while, a movie, but not very often, you know, and, and all the other stuff has gone, you know, all the TV shows and stuff have gone back to where they should be with their respective channels. You know, whoever produced it, that's where, that's where the shit all late lives now. So yeah, Netflix is going through a transition. That's for damn mm -hmm. sure. But right. Yeah. And they're going to fuck themselves even harder. I saw this week that they're testing software to get people to stop fucking, um, stop sharing passwords. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to help them at all. It's not going to make more people sign up. It's going to make no. more people quit. Yeah. They'll just like, eh, you know, I didn't use it that much anyway, so mm -hmm. I'm going to buy it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I got to pay for it because I was using my buddy's password once or twice a month. Yeah. No. What will happen is the buddy that was getting something in return will cancel it. Just say, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. Sure. If I can't get my show time, 
you know, my Showtime password because I lose my Netflix password, then fuck them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break. All right. And we'll come back and uh, we're going to make that phone call I told you about last night. Okay, cool. So, uh, all right, I'll let you pick a tune. What should we play? Um, I have been hooked on this band called fortune child. They're new. Okay. And, um, they have an album called closer to the sun and there's a song on it called tie the line. It's more rock than metal, but I love it. It's think little Jimi Hendrix, a little bad company, a uh, little thin Lizzie. It's got all that stuff all mishmash together. A lot of seventies stuff. Yeah. All right. And you said it's called tie the line, tie the line by fortune child. All right. Well, we're going to play a few tunes and we'll be back. So here it is. It's fortune child exclusively here on your classic. Thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja! <laughs>